Welcome to Monstrology, episode 22. My name is Will, and that's a more extreme version of the voice that I have, which is not necessarily usually the voice that I have, because I have been under the weather since almost the last time that we recorded. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Will King. I'm joined by Madrin. Uh, that is me! That's Madrin. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, welcome to the show. Uh, we are on our 22nd episode. Isn't that kind of, it's kind of crazy. Almost one year. Well, almost one year. I know. I've got some plans for our, uh, our, uh, big anniversary. So you can uh, get excited for that listeners. Um, but I won't spoil those today. Um, yeah, for today, you know, I I've been thinking, uh, you know, that I've just been clinging to life for much of this past two weeks. And I'm wondering, Madrin, When's the last time that you felt that you were clinging to life as you completed a task? Mm. I got really crazy bad sick with pneumonia in 2018. And oh, that's yeah. like, yeah, like that was the first time ever in my entire life that I thought if this is not for the miracle of modern medicine and antibiotics, this mm -hmm. totally would have killed me. Like had I gotten... Had I lived 200 years ago and gotten pneumonia before antibiotics, it would have killed me. Yes. Interesting. So just I lying there in bed, gasping for breath, recognizing like, thank God I am on antibiotics because mm -hmm. otherwise I will die. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's something about the unrelenting nature of being sick that is uh, infuriating. Um, I was also thinking of, did you ever do those redacted monster run apps? The apps where you're I, running. It's funny. It... I just finished. I have redacted monster run as an app because I used to actually be a fairly avid runner, um, but my knees do not want me to do that anymore. But I, ke I kept the app. And so I would listen to it while I went on my daily walks mm -hmm. because it doesn't matter. It's still the same, right? Like you just tell it to tell you the story at different intervals, right? So I would still do it. And I literally just finished the very last episode of the app last night. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wait, sorry, you you finished the last run of the app last night? There are nine seasons of the story. Okay. And now you're done? Like, um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if they're writing any more oh. episodes. So now. you'll never be able to run from um them again? Or can you just uh, replay the same ones over again? I can replay them. And then actually with the app, there's also bonus content that isn't part of the main storyline they're just kind of like one-off um like one-shot episodes mm -hmm. that take place within that world and some of the same characters and things like that but it's not part of the main seasonal overall arc cool so i could listen to some of those if i wanted to well if uh those of you at home have ever wanted to run from a undead horde um you know, maybe you could check out that app. And um, to those of you who are in an undead horde, uh, this episode might be for you because today's monster is zombies.
right, welcome to the show. Uh, we are going to be diving into some information and some history around what we now understand to be a zombie. Now, a zombie is obviously one of the more classic monsters uh, that we have in the, let's say, Halloween uh, lexicon of monsters. And they are essentially uh, corpses of once living creatures that have been reanimated by outside forces. Now, that could be a range of things, but usually they're a dead thing that's not so dead anymore. And usually it doesn't like you very much. Um, <laughs> wow, what a that's quite the definition. Hey. It is a dead thing that is not so dead anymore, and it probably doesn't like you very much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's one of those things that like it's a monster that everyone already knows what it is, but it needs a definition anyways. Um, it's. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. I, it's interesting that you say too. Yeah, I'm well, and it also, I was. It's interesting that that you are saying that that we do have to kind of cl more clearly define what a zombie is because when I was doing my research, not maybe not so much in our Western pulp culturey um, understanding of what a zombie is, but when I started looking into other cultures and more like back in the history kind of thing, there's a lot of overlap between zombies and vampires. Yes. Um... Interesting. I the first like route that I had uh, of zombies was in Haitian culture, um, mm -hmm. and it's a combination of indigenous uh, Taino culture and African and European elements. And they produced the idea of the zombie, which is a person either like alive or dead that was kind of enslaved into mindlessness. But the distinction here is that they're not necessarily dead people reanimated. It was more so that like a Vodou cults had like uh, put them underneath a spell. It, there's um, a couple like origin of the word that I think is useful here as well. Like the Unzumbi, which is a corpse and the, uh, the Zumbi, I think, which is an alternative form of Jumbi or a ghost or spirit. Like there's a lot of words around zombie that were from that kind of um, history there. And one thing that I found really interesting is that the way that they divided the soul into two separate parts with distinct different names. So within the Vodou like religion, um, there's the T-Banange, which is where your personality, your memory, like your kind of identity lie, the things that I guess creatively make you who you are. And there's also the Gros Banange, uh, Gros Banange, which is your motor function. Um, and when you were placed underneath the spell, it's usually that they have taken over one half of your soul. Like sometimes it would be literally captured in a bottle. They would capture your kind of personality and either your motor function would still exist, but they own you. So there was a certain amount of connotation for zombies that just has um, a resonance with like slavery. Um mm -hmm. And the idea that they're not undead, that they are simply these shells and that there's nothing more like violating than your identity being taken from you and your like body still having to take out the tasks. And I think that's uh, a scary idea like that's that in a way does relate to the modern zombie of like just this kind of mindless work um, because you're doing what you have to do without really being who you are. Anyway, I thought that distinction of like the soul being kind of in two parts was really interesting. Yeah, I was reading a lot about, uh, yeah, like you said, specifically the history of slavery in Haiti and that it is it all it's also intertwined that um, 
this idea of kind of these zombies came out of the slaves feeling like they were so yes their physical bodies were owned by somebody else and they were forced to carry out tasks that they wouldn't otherwise do and as part of a almost like a coping mechanism their own personalities their own sense of selves were diminished and kind of locked away for lack of a better term kind of within their own selves right like it's a it's a disassociation that a lot of people who are survivors of trauma will often talk about how like you basically have to shut off the your your thoughts your memories the things that you care about in order mm-hmm. to continue on with your body doing the thing that it's being forced to do mm. and then but on then also on the flip side of it too i was reading that um zombification was um, was used like a a threat to the slaves as well too because um of course you can imagine that things like suicide would be you know often was a something that was coming up for people who were living under such terrible conditions mm. but the the slave drivers on the plantations would use the threat of zombification to discourage people from doing that because it was like oh well if you took your own life then that was a rending of basically your soul from your body already oh, and yeah. so you were you were essentially damning yourself to zombification were you to take your own life huh. so yeah so it was all kind of this very cyclical i i i can imagine that these people like the slave owners using th- these beliefs against the slaves themselves in that way as well mm-hmm yeah, so it's interesting. It has this like a clear combination uh, of different places throughout Europe and in like Haitian culture and that like resonance. There's you said that there was a tie into like vampirism as well. The the tie in that I was able to find is when we look at kind of the more North American like sci- modern science fiction film zombie. Um, George Romero said he basically ripped off the like I Am Legend book when coming up with. Um, the idea for uh, Night of the Living Dead, which is really the beginning of the like modern trope of the zombie as we know it for like the past 50 years, I would say. Um, he was also looking at comics like Tales from the Crypt and all that stuff. We can talk about that a little bit later, but that really blended into the idea of like the science fiction zombie that comes from an infection that that bites, that like is unrelenting, the slow um, kind of wandering zombie um and just within i am legend that is originally as we talked about in our vampire episode about vampires and not zombies and it's funny that we have associated that i think maybe because of this blending of um tropes of what we imagine them to be as one kind of um thing between the two of them yeah like in in doing in some of my research there there are many cultures that don't differentiate between what we think of as a vampire and a zombie nearly as black and white differentiating terms the way that we do so like for Mm. instance um uh, like in norwegian like old norse cultures there's the draugr who are basically they're just undead creatures from folk tales um but and so my concept of the draugr whenever i've seen them in say video games and things like that is that they really are more zombie like right they're a reanimated corpse they're pretty mindless they're often under the spell of some kind of sorcerer who's um, reanimated them to attack our hero and that, things like that. Versus there are also some versions of Draugr's where they're far more like um, vampires as well, too. Mm-hmm. Or or they're even more like, oh, they're just an undead ghosty spirit. Right. So for a lot of cultures, it's essentially like 
they kind of lump together anything that was that died and has come back in some way. It's interesting, though, that like I uh, was going back to this um, like George Romero, like lore, basically, that in the first film that they did, Night of the Living Dead, which they did like apparently they shot that over a year on like a shoestring budget and like just putting it all together. Mm-hmm. But in their original script, they never used the word zombie. And yet that film is the de facto like birth of what we imagine to be like the film zombie. Um, yeah, when you think of a the... zombie, you think of what is referred to in pop culture as a Romero zombie. Yeah, like yeah, a absolutely. slow, wandering, unintelligent, like groaning zombie is from there. There's some yeah. earlier zombies in film, but they don't resemble what we imagine to be, I think, the collective zombie now. Um and it's interesting that apparently due to like a studio error, uh, the the original film that they did for Night of the Living Dead was not in public domain. So people oh. could do whatever they want with it. Like if you ever are, if any of our listeners are ever making a short film or a feature film, apparently you can use any amount of that movie in your movie because there are no, there's no copyright on it because of an error in the title card. So a lot of people will choose to like do an insert of, Night of the Living Dead. In oh, movie that's because... why you see so many snippets of Night of the yeah, Living Dead in other like, horror movies. Yeah, oh. it's recognizable and you can do whatever you want with it. But I wonder if that kind of like recycling of the material also led it to be that it keeps tracing back to that thing, right? So it could have been that that copyright loophole that just really doubled down on it being such a staple of what we imagine. Um. I often like to talk about this too, imagine this will be no surprise of like thinking what the monsters could represent. Obviously they represent mm-hmm. themselves and later on we will have a monster uh, to represent zombies uh, on the whole here with us. Um, but I think I've talked about this before where I think zombies could basically represent a fear of aging, but I've also heard that it could be uh, racial sublimation, atomic destruction, communism, consumerism, mass contagion, and globalism. Zombies can, can really... I guess because they do exist as, as we were saying, like an umbrella thing, but really this, this idea of being like a mindless force of a greater ideology or like of a greater task really lends itself well to being a metaphor for other things. Like I can totally see it, um, uh, you know, being a, a tool for um, consumerism or like con- uh, devouring things without thinking about it um or just like and that everyone will eventually become the same and like th- there's so many ways that you can read into it i think it really strikes that kind of primal fear i yeah and i i, I again in the research that i was doing definitely that idea of zombies being a metaphor for consumerism especially in our western society um and again also quite well influenced by the George Romero Mm -hmm. movies that came out and so and what was really interesting too is I was reading about kind of the ebbs and flows of the popularity of zombies they were really there were a lot of zombie movies that came out one because George Romero's movie was so revolutionary and redefined what we understood as zombies and so there were so many people who were reignited and and excited about it that then there were so many more movies like that that came out afterwards in Mm -hmm. the 70s what was really interesting though that I thought or and this I'm reading into it. Apparently, there was quite a waning of interest in zombie movies in the 80s, which I think is really telling because if we look at zombie movies as being about living in excess and consumerism, that is 
entirely what the 80s were about. The 80s were about spend, 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 Uh. Reaganomics, like everybody was coked up and on Mm -hmm. Wall Street. And like that's that's, you know, everybody was everything was big and neon and bright. And it was all about consuming to excess and just more, 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 more. So it's really interesting that as that is how our culture was living at the time, nobody wanted a social commentary on it. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. Um, Yeah. They don't want to see themselves in the mirror as a zombie. Fair enough. Right. Yeah. Um, Zombies are also interesting because (laughs) while they're super popular, they're not notoriously known as being powerful uh, creatures. Um, when I was looking at their strengths, probably the biggest thing is their resilience, like that they will keep trying no matter what. Um, they have the power of infection, usually uh, through a bite or like sometimes it's airborne. I mean, there's a lot of especially in more modern. We'll get into that a bit later, but that it the way in which zombies infect has gotten gotten more nuanced the further it's gone on. But it used to kind of just be through magic or through biting um there's strength in numbers usually you don't have one zombie there's going to be uh a zombie that creates other zombies they move as kind of a weird pack and uh a strength i think as well is they don't generally feel pain um so when they're injured or they're hurt they they again it feeds into that resilience that they it doesn't stop them at all like they will keep yeah like you'll often in pop culture depictions you'll often see a zombie like dragging a broken leg behind them or they don't you know they're missing an arm or even you know in more grotesque versions of it where clearly somebody has tried to destroy the brain of a a Uh zombie and so like part of their head is caved in but they just keep trucking along yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i remember in a very early episode of the walking dead when i watched it um Rick says like they're they're he Rick and uh, I forget the little girl's name but anyway they're trying to escape a whole horde of zombies and he basically like tucks her away in, in this little in the hollow of a tree to try to keep her safe so that he can like run away and distract the zombies away from her mm-hmm. uh because she's hurt or something like that and so he's been trying to carry her but of course carrying a little girl while you're running is very exhausting and he says to her I get tired they don't mm-hmm so we have to come up with something different to do, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, that's very, like, yeah, I think that's what you're saying is like their unrelenting push forward constantly. Now, on the flip side of their unrelenting push, they do have a lot of pretty large weaknesses. Uh, one, which is usually stupidity. They're not super smart. Um, they don't have the ability to say, open a door using a handle. They would just keep trying to hit it until it like smashes down um speed is usually slow although uh, the sooner we get to the more modern zombie we've like especially i think through film that they've gotten the ability of speed just because it's more interesting to watch i think um and maybe it's just their own monster evolution but traditionally zombies were slow um their brain is obviously their weakness if you were trying to kill a zombie it's pretty well known that you should just go for the brain um salt is apparently a big one now this goes back to um more of the like spell of being under as like becoming a zombie that apparently salt was said to cure um that uh, containment of your soul and give your soul back to you if you could uh douse the uh zombie in salt and um the last one is just i was thinking about this that they can't communicate with one another typically 
that they don't have language. Um, and I think that lack of communication between them is a major flaw when you consider how many of them there are. Like they're all acting as a group, but they are instinctually, they are instinctually doing the same thing, but they're not really communicating with one another as what to do. Um, I'm interested to see uh, from our guest whether they're able to communicate in a specific way that maybe we can't understand understand at the moment or comprehend. Um, but yeah, like language. don't um, don't bees have a way of using almost like sonar to talk to each other, mm -hmm. and so everybody in the hive knows what their task is, kind of thing. Maybe zombies work like that. Maybe, but I I don't see a lot of evidence for it. Like I think it would be the exception that it has that ability rather than the like trend. Um, because yeah, when I think about like piles and piles of zombies, like th they make it up a wall by just climbing all over each other. They don't say let's form a ladder and climb up. Yeah, you know, the yeah, seven yeah. of you, right? It's just hundreds of thousands of zombies until one gets to the top, and they're all just kind of manically doing the same thing. Um. So that level of communication can be kind of a fault in their danger level. Um, yeah. So that's what I think of when I'm when I'm really imagining the zombie. Obviously, it has a deeper historical connotation, but I think I've kind of fleshed out my understanding of what I imagine a zombie to be. Is there any other um, zombies around the world that you wanted to tackle, Madrid? Yeah, and I, I thought it would be really... That, uh, when I started going into this, I was like, oh, of course, every culture is going to have their version of a zombie because zombies are just like everybody fears what happens after death. Of course, mm -hmm. everybody has that. And then, like I said, though, I thought there was a lot of interesting overlap between zombies and vampires in mm -hmm. a lot of other cultures. So I actually kind of because I was like, oh, we just did vampires just a few episodes ago. So, you know, I'm not really going to. But there were a couple of um I did find a couple that were like very absolutely definitely zombies, which mm -hmm. I thought were kind of cool. So in Tibetan folklore, there's a creature called a ro langs. Okay. Ro is the word for corpse and langs is the perfect tense of to rise up. So ro langs literally means a risen corpse. Oh, cool. Yeah. And they're usually created by uh, either a gadon spirit or a sorcerer. Mm-hmm. Rolangs cannot speak or bend over, and it signals its victims by wagging its tongue back and forth. Oh. Which is like, but when I think of zombies, you know, you often see them with their tongues hanging out and like, ah, you know, things like that. So that seemed very zombie-esque. Uh -huh. And they can't, they can't bend any of their joints, which makes them walk with a very stiff, weird lurch, which is mm -hmm. very zombie-ish. And there are two types of Rolangs. There's the tantric kind which is uh, one who is raised from the dead through a ritual for a personal reason. So like a necromancer raising them to serve them or to get, um, generate power or things like that. Right. And then there's another one that's a demonic Rolangs, which is created by an evil spirit with the goal of contaminating other humans. Mm. So they're independent and they don't serve a master. And they're created by this Gadon spirit that has become evil and once the consciousness has left the body the evil spirit can enter the body before it's buried and a demonic rolling has the power to infect other human beings mm. so that was also very like oh yes like almost like in um in the folklore they could do it by touching a person on the head huh and then they could just like, is, kind of swoop into their body yeah which seems very 
different than our version of zombies is often like a bite or if you get zombie blood mixed with your blood kind of thing right um but yeah the touching on the head was kind of i thought that was kind of cool but yeah, yeah like the she-hulk special of uh blended, <laughs> blended blood. spoilers will spoilers well, even though I, it was three weeks i think it's ago. established uh yeah, yeah it's fine it's fine and then in turkish cultures there's an orek which is an animated corpse brought back to life by mystical means, mm-hmm. which seems very, you know, that has a very similar thing to like voodoo and other like magical. I, oh, and that was another thing actually that I thought was really interesting is that kind of the original idea of zombies was that the reanimation happened by some kind of magical or mystical force. Mm-hmm. But lately, more especially like pop culture depictions of it, it's usually by some kind of scientific force, either like it's a virus gone rogue or genetic mutation gone rogue mm-hmm. or or something that like, oh, science shouldn't have been messing with that. Yeah, what's the very like Frankenstein element of it? Like I don't yeah. necessarily yeah. just think of Frankenstein's monster as being a zombie, but it is that middle ground between the two things that we're talking about, right? And that was one of the hardest things for me to kind of figure out is the bridge between this original, almost more spiritual zombie and the more modern um, scientific, uh, almost contagion zombie. And I think that 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 corner of literature might kind of serve as being the gap. Like it wasn't the word zombie yet, but the idea that science is the new medicine like you know that eventually it took over from a more spiritual practice and it would be that thing that could reanimate corpses i'm curious yeah because i couldn't find enough things in between but that could kind of service that need mm-hmm. and then there's one more which i thought was cool is the norwegian and i'm going to mispronounce this jenga ganger or jengager anyway <laughs> But the first part of it, the prefix, the gen part, is means like uh, again or towards. And then the mm. gonger means foot or walker. Okay. So it means walking again Oh. or walking after death. Cool. Yeah. So and then uh, jengager ganger could have several reasons to to return from the afterlife mainly like murdered people and their murderers could seldom sleep peacefully after they died or people who had committed suicide often came back as these creatures now is this in their own body or is it like a spirit yeah um, it's like they they they're um they're often referred to in my like as a revenant which is an animated corpse yeah, so like you're basically it's like the corpse of a dead person becomes reanimated for whatever. Like either you were murdered or you have unfinished business on this world. Um and sometimes they would get violent as well too, which is we often see in um like our version of a zombie. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting to see how many cultures have really taken that fear of life after death and morphed it into something different because I think it is a highly relatable fear. Um, Well, I know I was talking about this with my husband who of course has very strong feelings about these things. And he said that he finds zombies to be the most terrifying monster mm -hmm. because it really, it leaves a lot of questions about what happens to 
essentially your soul. Like, where mm -hmm. do you as the person, the thing that defines you as you, where does that begin or end and what happens to that afterwards? So he was like, so say if you think about it in the traditional sense where like you die and your soul leaves your body and goes off some like to another plane of existence. If you become a zombie, does that mean your soul then watches your reanimated corpse go around yeah. and do mindless things? And like you watch your own body do things that you can't control? Or perhaps one half That's of your terrible. soul, right? Like we're talking about if we had the T-Banange and the gross banange, maybe your, mm -hmm. your motor function is continuing to be like you, but your actual soul has been separated and put somewhere, you know, right. or retained where it is. Um, or again, like does your soul, does your soul stay trapped in your reanimated form and you yeah. are inside it and you can't do anything about it or right. or or and then he, and then like and that was like he always brings it back to like so like what happens if my mom comes back as a zombie is that my mom i don't know it's the only person who's ever been my mom but like well that's a very did i feel badly about trying to chop her head off like if this is honestly this kind of stuff like too. yeah that, and like that... this kind of stuff like keeps him up at night yeah awesome <laughs> um no not awesome i gotta live with him that's kind of cool um uh, i just uh, there's another thought that i had that i wonder if some of the um unrelenting slasher movies of let's say the 80s and the 90s are really stem from that idea of the like resilient zombie too like when i imagine like michael myers in the halloween mm -hmm. films he's he's not fast but he never ever stops. He like that's what makes always it. Always there. Yeah. Now we always talked about him as being a great example of the boogeyman as well. Like that is that that unknown fear, that um, fear of the thing in the dark. But it does seem like it maybe borrows from some of that uh, the qualities of what a zombie is, or a thing that really should be dead. Like why won't he die? That thing that always manages to come back and and um or 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 like similarly freddy krueger where you know yeah. he even haunts you in your dreams he's unrelenting there's nowhere to escape him yeah yeah just like i just think the okay. like filmic quality of like unrelenting pacing like might be borrowed from from zombies as well cool um all right well i think we are going to take a little bit of a break and when we get back we are going to dive into pop culture of the zombie So the first thing I decided to watch for this uh, was Dawn of the Dead, the 1978 George A. Romero, Dawn of oh, the Dead. Oh, gee. Not Pick the 2000-something Zack Snyder one that was written by James Gunn, I think. Uh, but no, the original Dawn of the Dead, George A. Romero. And it was uh, pretty fun. There's a couple of moments where you're like, oh, that's a little dated. Um, <laughs> but that kind of happens when you're watching stuff from the seventies, but it was exciting. And I think I was listening to kind of like a behind the scenes of him talking about it as well Is he was kind of inspired by films where you could kind of see in a way how like the moving pieces fit together. Like it wasn't so much about hiding the special effects. It was more about being like smart about how you do it. It's kind of like Sam Raimi in that way too, that like, it's not necessarily the splendor of the visual. It's like more how you're utilizing it uh, and how it's being shot. Um, and so in that way, I think that the actual excitement holds up. 
the biggest thing that was different to me is that the way it was scored by music seems a little bit old timey, like it swells and, and stuff. So it feels a bit dated in that way. Yeah, um, I was reading that like this was actually the first feature length film that Romero had done, but he um, he had done a bunch, uh, directed a whole bunch of television commercials and industrial films. And so he mean, had this very like. Do you mean Dawn of the Dead or a Night of the Living Dead? Sorry, Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. So Night of the Living Dead was the first one. Sorry. Yes, the yes, one, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, but just but for, anyway, just for this, clarity, this, just sorry, and just like in the style that you're talking about, this would probably influences it as well too. But so because he this was the first feature length film he mm -hmm. had directed, but was so used to doing these like rapid fast industrial films and television commercials, he yes. did this with a very like guerrilla style yeah, yeah. technique, which probably is probably his like signature. Way yeah, of doing yeah. so that, yeah. that first film for like Night of the Living Dead, they were also saying basically they just have kept hoping that the actors came back and didn't get injured and like were still invested yeah. enough to keep going because they would like do a commercial and come back and just keep doing it. Um, but the one that I focused on specifically was Dawn of the Dead. And that one is the first introduction of where you see them like eating brains and where hmm. he almost like elevated. It's interesting because it came out quite a bit later. I want to say... 12 years after the first one i'm going to look that up so that i'm not a liar because i don't love um, being a liar. Well, night of the living dead came out in 68 okay so 10 10 years ten later years. yeah and it's interesting that like in 10 years the understanding of a zombie like had already become so much clearer that he was able to elevate the thing that he kind of popularized himself and he kind of created he, it himself and then just and then got to, to hone it based off of other people's exactly. interpretations. And I think yeah. what, what I was reading as well as I was trying to pick which one to watch, people often say like Dawn of the Dead is the best one, even though Night of the Living Dead was the first one. Um, and we talked earlier in the episode about um, that zombies can be a metaphor um, for consumerism. And this one is really overt. Like half of the movie takes place within a shopping mall mm -hmm. and they basically are using it as a fortress for their own preservation. But the longer they stay there, the more that they kind of become like the zombies that they're trying to escape. And you can, it becomes clear that they're like not super happy there um, as well as it being obviously super dangerous and overrun by zombies. But like the mall is structured in such a way that like they, basically they leave their own kind of site that it opens with all these news reporters kind of frantically running around and you, you hear pieces of, you know, what they are, that it's a zombie or what happened. They never quite explain how the contagion was created and they take this helicopter out and they land a helicopter uh, near a shopping mall. And they realize that like, if they just stay on the top level or like move around in the vents or like they're strategic, the zombies can't make it to them, but they can go down to the shops or whatever, as long as they don't get eaten and just like live forever as just the four of them in this massive shopping mall. Um, but like, it's a dangerous place. Anyway, it has this kind of three tiers of like the top, they could escape at any moment if they wanted to, but then they would lose safety. They're kind of in the middle and they're kind of safe or they can go down where it's dangerous and just become the thing that they're trying to escape. Um, but even just like, it, it's almost comedic at a certain point. Like there is so, so many zombie deaths and creative like zombie kills in the mall. And it just looks like a bunch of people in a mall at a certain point. Um, not that it's necessarily played for comedy. It's just really overt that um, he's bringing in that like element of social satire. Um, I think it still works as its own movie, but 
it seems like a good way that they like elevated his own property, which I thought was really cool. Um, the other film that I watched specifically for this, which is like a jump way forward, is uh, Train to Busan, which is a 2016 movie, um, uh, which is basically a father and daughter that go on a trip to see uh, her mother. Um, but you like as they're leaving, the father is this like businessman. It's a foreign film, and like you realize that there's a massive like outbreak of zombies and these zombies are the more like fast moving, dangerous zombies. And um, it becomes a bit of like a class uh, allegory as they try to move through the train to the front. But the, I mean, being a train and it's a little bit snow piercer in this way too, that like the least, you know, economically well off are at the back. And then there's the middle class and there's all these zombies in between. And the people at the very front don't want to like let them up and they keep trying to escape and there's nowhere they can go and there's nowhere they can stop. Um, and it was just like a more exciting version of a zombie for sure. Um, but again, it also had like a form of, um, social awareness and like class dynamic, which I thought was cool. Um, there's also a ton of movies that I've seen previously, but those are the two that I watched, um, as like new fresh watches. Uh, is there any specific movie that you want to jump into Madrin so that I don't spoil it for you? Um, there's yeah, one this that I really of... love and I'm interested to see if you'll bring it up, but there's like one that's on my like. I don't know, one of my top movies of all time that falls in here. Yeah, I remember seeing this movie when it first came out. And when, again, we started kind of digging into this, I remembered it. And I remember how much I liked it because it seems so different from most zombie movies. I don't know. Have you ever heard of a movie called Fido? Oh, I, I did hear about it, but I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I actually really like it. I re I recommend that you watch. I think you would be into it. So it, it's a Canadian movie mm -hmm. uh, stars Carrie Ann Moss and Billy Connolly and the general plot is that it takes place in this very 1950s alternate universe where radiation from space turns anybody who dies into a zombie mm -hmm. and it results in these zombie wars where humanity has to battle against the undead and ultimately humanity wins but the radiation is still an issue so anybody who dies gets turned into a zombie unless you take off their head or you cremate them mm -hmm. uh, and so to continue living these more kind of normal lives um people lived in these very high security fenced in communities that have governed by this very big brother organization called ZomCon. Okay. And ZomCon provides uh, basically like taming callers with a remote control that can go on zombies. And so they can then be used for menial servant tasks around your house. So it's very interesting how like this goes back to that actual real fear and the real horror of slavery mm. in that in this movie zombies are essentially enslaved all right. even further by putting yeah, these yeah. because they they do have these very violent tendencies right but the callers um subdue that and so of course the plot of this movie is that um a family gets a zombie the little boy names it fido <laughs> like it like it's a family pet kind of thing and the zombie ends up endearing itself to most of the members of the family. The dad is not super into it for very good reasons. Um, but yeah, what's again, and this goes to a lot of these like societal commentary things uh, with these things. Like it is, it's satire. It's very much satire. especially like they live in this very Stepford wifey. Everything yes. is really perfect. Uh -huh. And it becomes it's, and it's like, keeping up with the Joneses to actually have your own zombie servant 
like oh you know only the only the 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 best families have a zombie and things like that and um yeah like and then this very strange thing about who 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 do you love and who do you trust and um yeah it had that very like sickly sweet 1950s saccharine feel to it but then also Mm. very much in that like social commentary of slavery is bad Mm -hmm. (laughs) just a gentle reminder just a gentle reminder for anybody who maybe doesn't remember that Mm. yeah yeah but yes i highly recommend it it's very funny um there's another uh canadian film um about uh zombies it's called uh like uh ravenous uh, it's a Quebecois mm. film uh, that I saw in 20... Well, it's it came out in 2017, but I saw it at TIFF, so I don't know if that was 2016 or 2017, whatever. And basically, um, like it, it takes place in a small remote village in northern Quebec, um, and the locals are kind of changing, and the bodies are breaking down, and they're turning against one another, and the, like survivors are hiding in the woods, like moving from place to place. And one of the biggest things that was interesting is like, there was a kind of intellect and like creativity to these zombies. Like they would leave these like strange. I remember there's one of like a stack of shopping carts or something that almost like looks like a sculpture. Like they would create these weird mm. like forms. Um, and it really um, works as being like a rural story about zombies. Cause I think a lot of the time when I think about zombies, it often takes place in a city or it is like um, the, the resonance sits differently there. So there's something about it being spread out and in like a place that I wouldn't traditionally imagine it. Um, that was pretty satisfying. And it ends up getting into kind of later on more of the like gory, like almost kind of like B movie stuff in the end. But I thought like the tension and the location was really um, fascinating. Um, and then of course I always, like, you got to shout out movies like, Shaun of the Dead. Well, that was literally Man. the next thing I was gonna say. So yeah, I Shaun love I love is... those like zom rom com. Shaun of the Dead movies. is one of my favorite movies ever. I've yes, seen it so absolutely. so so many times. Um, because I think it's extremely well crafted and it's also just really funny. Yeah. Um, that like Cornetto trilogy that Edgar Wright did, I think, is just like all of them are really easy watching. Like yeah, Shaun of the Dead in particular because there are a lot of you know a lot of like horror comedies came out after that and Mm -hmm. they they did it so well but Shaun of the Dead in particular I think what makes or one of the things that makes it so fantastic is that it balances the horror and the humor so spectacularly like you could be having this like incredibly funny joke moment and then bam somebody dies in a really heart-wrenching horrific shocking way yeah, we talked it, about, I mean, the the premise, for those who don't know Shaun of the Dead, is that it's, it's um, I guess, London, and, and the, like, the zombies come out kind of on the news, but he's not paying attention, so this is great sequence of, like, Shaun goes all the way to the corner store and goes and picks up an ice cream, and you see all these clues, and, like, he's half awake and like not paying attention so he's, he's kind of like hung over the day-to-day really zombie and... like he like reaches into the freezer and there's a big handprint on it goes all the way back you can see all these zombies but there's all of these um kind of like references or homages to the films that like edgar wright is referencing as well like it's very like they are kind of romero zombies in that um 
franchise, but you talked, um, Madrin, you're saying that like Ben was basically saying what happens to your soul. There's definitely a lot of sequences where, you know, somebody says like, oh, like my mom's a zombie now. And they're like, well, that's not your mom anymore. Like you've got to kill them. I mean, that comes up in a lot of these franchises, sometimes to comedic effect, but without spoiling the end of this movie, because it's a movie I love and I don't want to do that to somebody. But the ending is also kind of sweet because mm-hmm. in a way they are saying that that part of the soul that is individual is like contained in that universe. Like the, the, when there is still some part of yeah. the human left in exactly. it. Yeah. Well, and like, and there's that really, he has this really beautiful, again, like actually really poignant touching scene with Bill Nighy, who plays his stepfather. Uh-huh. And you find like, and you find out through the movie that they had kind of a contentious relationship and like, they don't really get along very well, but you, you know, and you know, spoiler alert, the stepdad dies, like turns into his own, but they have this really beautiful touching moment of like, oh no, I always did love you. I just kept my distance because, you know, you were this teenager and your parents had split up and like, they actually have this very huh. heartfelt understanding moment before he dies, which makes it all the, the, the sadder as a viewer where it's like, you guys finally came to an understanding and you finally made that turning point in your relationship. And now he's dead mm-hmm. it's just it's so brutal yeah i just I don't know i think that that film is like it's very well made but it's also to me like kind of the ultimate comfort food like i just find it like very easy yeah. to watch and entertaining and, and it's a good and uh, i think what i like watch. about movies about like zombies. yeah what i like about movies like zombie land and Shaun of the dead these zomcoms is that for me is the part that would keep me going were I in the zombie apocalypse. Like there are so many of these zombie movies where it's just like, it's pain and they're dirty and tired and hungry and they're scared and hurting all the time. And it's always like they're in terror. And for me, it's like, I really don't know if I would have it in me to keep going if that's mm-hmm. what every moment of your life was like versus with moments with movies like Zombieland and Shaun of the Dead, because they're looking at it from a more comedic, hopeful lens, mm-hmm. that is the kind of thing that I would want to cling to. Because like the basic plot of Zombieland is that Emma Stone and Abigail Breslin want to go to an amusement park. Mm-hmm. And they think that they're going to be safe and happy. And that is where their life is going to be awesome for the rest of their lives. And that's basically the whole plot is that they're trying to get there with the help of Woody Harrelson and Jesse Eisenberg, right? A lot of zombie and movies, so that- I guess is is based around trying to get to one place without dying that is a very central uh trope i guess but but like but they managed to still enjoy and i think that that's one of jesse eisenberg's rules is like enjoy the little things Mm -hmm. is that they still manage to have those moments of levity and that they still express their affection for one another and that they can still get some enjoyment out of life because like in, in all honesty i think like if the zombie apocalypse hits us tomorrow and everything is just pain and fear and death and horror every single day, I honestly don't think I would have it in me to keep going. Well, you never know. I, just... I think I think one of the things that uh, I think you could keep going personally, but um... well, actually, knowing me, I would be patient zero and I would be the cause of the zombie plague. So oh, you would have been the problem. <laughs> I would be um... the problem. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it, there's definitely a factor in films as to how long have the zombies been around. 
Like, if the zombies yeah. have existed for a long time before the film starts, I feel like it's usually a more pessimistic world. Like, because they either someone was born into it or like they've had to tolerate, like they've been worn down by it. But sometimes if it happens more recently or like Shaun of the Dead, they kind of like stumble into it. Like, there's this, it's not that the stakes, well, the stakes aren't as high as some other films, but like it still feels more attached to their own reality. Like they they don't know how dangerous they are, so there's a scene where they just like chuck records at it, like trying to keep it away, right? As opposed to if they knew that it was about to, you know, devour them and eat them, they it might not feel quite the same way. Um, like the you know, twenty eight days later is a very different world than yeah. Shaun of the Dead. Like he literally he wakes up into a world where it's already escalated way past the beginning of the zombie um infested like infection um and i think that totally changes the tone um i love that movie too shout out to 28 days later i i think that's one of the most exciting like zombie movies you can watch as well it has like some of the best opening sequences ever and what was it we were talking about uh way back when we did um man-eating plants and uh all that there the day of the triffids there's a complete tie-in to 28 days later so that's where it came from which is this podcast connecting oh, the dots okay. for me of that kind of like waking up in the day of the trivets is like he's blind and he can't see anymore and that's what protects him like from having the stuff infest his eyes or whatever but um anyway it's just like a shot for shot thing of like waking up in a hospital and all of society is gone like 28 days later also opens with waking up in a hospital and everyone seemingly is gone and walking through london like a very iconic opening sequence um speaking of uh zomcoms you could go straight romcom and i'm pretty sure uh we watched this together was warm bodies yes, we did which yep. is uh basically i did not realize at the beginning of watching this movie it's just romeo and juliet but they it's were romeo zombies. and juliet but with zombies yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i remember that day that you and i watched that movie because we had been traveling back from a uh, actor training in Ohio and uh -huh. we got caught in what was basically a tornado yes on the highway on the way back and like I was driving and it was probably one of the worst experiences of my life so by the time we finally got home I was like almost shaking yeah so we're like, like let's we just, just watch need something really easy. really light and fun and I can't handle anything more elevated than this movie mm -hmm. so yeah and it did the job it was very cute and if you're looking for one more cute uh light version of zombies i think probably my first interaction with zombies is a movie called scooby-doo on zombie island which was one of the uh, there's a scooby-doo for every monster and, i love and it. i love it i i truly do but that scooby-doo was interesting because it's the first one where it's so ingrained that the spooky scary thing is going to be some guy in a mask and there's a very like well well, I guess to me, iconic, well-known scene where they go to pull the guy's mask off and the whole head comes off and they realize it's a real zombie and panic. And all of, I think if you were a kid watching that, you go, oh my God, this is so much more intense than the average like Scooby-Doo movie because the zombies are real. And then it gets into this kind of like elaborate plot where there's like cat people on the island raising the dead. Um, but it, it is like standout in the Scooby-Doo universe and the fact, other than I think some of the live action films do this too, where the supernatural is real, but it's one of the few animated films where you go, oh, that scary thing isn't just like some guy with a sheet. It is a real zombie that is going to 
uh, attack you. So it really stuck out in my brain. Um, still fun, but a little bit scary, I guess, than the average animated Scooby-Doo cartoon. Um, there was one film called White Zombie, which is apparently the very first zombie movie that mm -hmm. has to do more about like the kind of spell casting zombie creation than um, the way that we imagine zombies to be. But I think it's definitely worth mentioning about basically a young man who turns to a witch doctor to lure the woman he loves away from her fiance, but instead turns her into a zombie slave. Um, and that was an influence on uh, some of the films that like came afterwards. And I think like Romero even talks about like, that's not where his, like he was directly pulling from, but like that is where some of these things were created in film. Um there's also a American heavy metal band also called uh White Zombie. There's hmm. there's uh, Rob Zombie. I know well, there's Rob, Rob Zombie. Zombie. Um there's a classic... Also a fairly prolific prolific filmmaker is actually what Rob Zombie is up to most of these. Like I knew him yeah. as a singer first and he'd had like Dracula and stuff like that right but like he's made a lot of kind of schlocky horror movies lately. Yeah. I don't know. Eh, I don't you know, know what yeah, he can do him. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> um, I th there's also like uh, "Zombie" by the Cranberries. I'm just getting kind of into. Oh, that now. song's a banger! A classic song, and yes. um, the other song that I think is uh, absolutely iconic is "Thriller" because Michael Jackson's "Thriller" oh, is yeah. a massive um zombie uh thing, and the whole sequence of those dance moves as a zombie has been recreated by like hundreds of thousands of so people. Many like so many hundreds of times. So many yeah. viral videos. Yeah. Like we did a, uh, we once in university crashed a party and like, it was like this elaborate sequence that we did the like thriller dance. Like we, I've done it. There's uh you see like 10,000 prisoners. I saw a viral video of them all mm -hmm. doing the like. Oh, Michael I've Jackson done it too. Dance. Yeah. Like we, um, as as I've maybe mentioned previously, I was in a marching band when I was a teenager. That's and right. That um, thriller was on our playlist one year, and so mm -hmm. like, I, and I was the I was the drum major that year, so they got me like the red leather jacket, mm -hmm. and we we all did the dance and everything as we were doing the show and everything. It's also yeah, it just an awesome. iconic jacket. Great. Jacket. I, well, every actually everything about that video is iconic, right? Like the dance is just so fantastic, and it was one of the very first long form music videos where it actually told this very long drawn out story and it would take pauses in between the music to to show you like and like because there was that whole lead up in the beginning right? like Michael has... Jackson's on a date with his girlfriend and they're out yeah. you know, they're at the movies and it's got Vincent Price in it too right and Vincent but... Price is at the end yeah. it's like one of the very last things he did yeah, yeah. it's amazing um yeah, so there's and the makeup, some... even the makeup special effect. Have you gone back and watched that video? That video, oh, it's like amazing. Yeah, forty years old, and, it and is it's so not short too. Like it's a nice, long, no, 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 it's a very it's long like music video, eight minutes or something. Yeah. Short. So that's what I mean. Like it was just that is there is Michael Jackson at his most genius mm -hmm. in so many different forms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool Michael Jackson eras, but that was like peak and certainly uh, peak monsterdom for this. Uh, for this episode yes um, absolutely. there's some great like uh graphic novels obviously the walking dead uh i haven't mm -hmm. read them i've seen some of the tv show obviously they have a massive fan base there's now fear the walking I dead and i think another spinoff for the walking dead i know that they were going to make a spinoff show that focused on carol and 
Daryl, but I think it got canceled before it actually aired. Mm. I've read the graphic novels. I don't think I ever finished the series, but I read them quite, quite deeply into the series. Like it was well past the prison and everybody had split up again. And Rick what was talking that? to his dead wife on a phone. What type was, of zombies well did they that have? How would you describe they were the zombies? yeah they're they were typically the the kind of Romero ones in that they were slow but relentless and uh-huh. where they really and but and they were flesh eating too so once they got a hold of you they had superhuman strength like it was very difficult to get away from the zombies and they would attack you and try to eat your flesh and that's how you would end up being in, well actually in the Walking Dead world. Everybody is infected with whatever it is that's made zombies zombies. So like Mm -hmm. if you die, even if you don't die from a zombie wound, if you die, like, say, from a gunshot. Oh, if if they don't cut off your head, you're going to come back as a zombie. That's yeah. And they find that that out (laughs) even more overt, like fear of death. Right. Like it's yeah. Like in the show, they find that out the hard way because um, our main character, Rick, ends up killing someone mm-hmm. uh by by shooting him mm-hmm. and he comes back as a zombie should have shot the brain Should've well they didn't the know brain. that right like this is still kind of in the early days of the right. series yeah um you know what what uh if we're talking literature though you know what else is actually really great was pride and prejudice and zombies oh yeah i heard you that i haven't it? uh no i haven't read it but i, I know that they a, made a movie a film it. for it as well they did do a film of it. I haven't seen that, but I read the book and it's actually really great. And it didn't occur to me why it was so great, except again, when I was doing the research on it, the um, the author and the, and the guy who put it all together said that it was actually like one of the best already kind of like put together plots because it's uh, it's set up so that like there is a militia who is set up just outside of town for really no discernible reason that anybody can like they don't really explain it all that well um in the real book of pride and prejudice and people are always walking and taking carriages and we already have this very fiercely independent heroine and this dashing heroic gentleman who's rather standoffish and you can kind of like you have your theories about him so it already sets you up for this kind of horror setting already Mm -hmm. and um like the bennett family in pride and prejudice are kind of weirdos in society to begin with so it's like of course we're just going to make all the girls ninja experts because they live in a world where there are zombies and so they need to learn to defend themselves but like it's seen as kind of weird that all the bennett girls know karate because (laughs) like that's not a very proper ladylike thing right that's satisfying for that reason too like giving them more agency outside of like historical accuracy or whatever Um, and it's just really fun to take that pre-existing story that i like i had already read pride and prejudice however many times and so i knew the plot fairly well so so to then go back and look at it and as though it's like what happens if pride and prejudice was set in the middle of a zombie apocalypse it's like yep that there it is so it's a lot of fun um, there's also World War Z, which was a book and obviously mm-hmm. a big film with Brad Pitt, but that's more of the like ravenous hordes infest, like, uh, infectious zombies. Um, and there's, uh, also a story read by, uh, I didn't read it, but I read of, um, by Stephen King called Cell, where basically mobile phones become the harbinger of technological warfare 
like wiping users' brains mm. and leaving them with nothing but aggression and a desire for destruction. So it's like once you hear the tone on a cell phone, which almost everyone has, like you become effectively a zombie. I guess you're not dead, but you just you your consciousness or like your oh there's some social commentary about how yeah social media and always constantly staring at our cell phones have turned (laughs) us all into mindless drones yeah yeah i I was reading the the article it's like thank you you for listening everyone by the way uh, on whatever device it is you're listening to this podcast on yeah hopefully it's hopefully it's not a phone and hopefully we're not playing any sort of mysterious frequency (laughs) that would uh lead to your demise um but But yeah this show isn't mindless it's edutainment yeah infotainment infotainment um yeah but they were saying like oh anybody who has said for ages like uh don't you uh use that cell phone too much it'll like turn your brain to mush or like that's why i never use technology uh probably that like great aunt that's never gotten a phone is probably going to do the best in this (laughs) universe uh so good for them um they're the last kind of like big franchise that's really just kind of starting to appear that I wanted to talk about in pop culture is The Last of Us. Um, And The Last of Us games. uh, Now, technically, I will say that The Last of Us zombies are not technically zombies in the sense that they are not undead. They are infected living creatures, but they basically become mindless zombies. And there's all these different variants of them. Uh, runners, stalkers, clickers, shamblers, bloaters, and rat kings. There's like seven of them merged into a giant. Yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. I remember. Depending I on didn't how play long the game. The... I didn't play them myself, but I remember watching Ben playing them, and like the 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 screamers scared me. Yeah, and the the, the, the rat ones were like, oh my god. Oh. Yeah, it <laughs> so is gross. like it's so it's Naughty Dog. It is a really satisfying gameplay i've just played the first one i haven't gotten the second one yet but i've heard this now that's the one where like you have to recruit people to help kind of rebuild a a town and like and you but and then based off of their skill set you will kind of recruit people from town to go out on missions to be able to get supplies or like do things that you need to do right and as you progress in the game you kind of make your town bigger no it's mostly like an adventure story i think that's maybe a different franchise it's like you are basically trying to get somewhere it's very cinematic in the way that like it's a naughty dog who also did like the uncharted games so it is very like almost adventure narrative based and hbo right now is doing a television show of the last of us um based off of like it's a it's about to come out i think soon it was filming in uh alberta i'm pretty sure um and um it's written by uh craig mazin who's like a screenwriter i also really like so i'm very curious to see what it turns into i'm pretty sure that this month if not days ago was the release of the um the last of us part one like remastered for ps5 like it's almost a remake that they recalibrate like remade it for a new platform so it looks very Mm -hmm. different i've heard that it's like kind of reframe some of the shots so actually some of the like cinematography in a weird way is not as good like the aspect ratio of of fixing it up made it a little bit different um but the thing i think that that works so well is it's it it just really taps into um a relatable storyline it's basically um two people like a, a man and this like young girl trying to 
make it to safety and like fleeing um, a zombie attack and like they keep running into people that they think are the friends and ultimately it's like quite sad so I won't uh, it it's definitely falls under the more like brutal zombie world um, but it's done in a really like artful way so it isn't torturous but it's not the most uplifting um, because I think they really invest in it emotionally in a way that some of the like just shoot em up zombie games like some of them are just going for like battle royale you know in terms of knocking out brains and doing all the different kills and this universe is much more about like Oh, what would be the like human residence of just actually trying to survive and get from A to Z? Um, and yeah, I know. Like right. with the the game that I'm thinking of, and I'm uh, it'll come to me the the name of it. Um, like basically, you can recruit survivors to help you accomplish tasks and like rebuild your town and things like that. <laughs> and again, in true like, why does my husband do these things to himself? Mode, mm -hmm. he found a character who was wearing a t shirt that looked a lot like a Montreal Canadiens shirt. Uh -huh. And his dad is a huge Habs fan. Uh -huh. um, and one of his dad's big main hobbies is fishing. And that is what this guy's main skill was. And so that's why you re would recruit him is to like to go and help get food for the settlement. Is it Left 4 um, Dead? Is it the Left 4 Dead? No, franchise? it was um, State of Decay is oh, what it was called. State of Decay, yeah. Um, so of course, Ben dubbed this guy art named him after his dad named mm -hmm. art and had him for a bit and then he died oh. and like ben legitimately mourned this, this character, character yeah. this video game character because him, him he gave him this whole personality that was basically his dad and i was like why do you do these things to yourself like you know that you legitimately fear zombies in real life and then you go and attach yourself to these fictional characters mm -hmm. and you like turn them into your own family members and then you are so actually upset when they die in the game um i think on the on the flip side of say let's say like ultra naturalist uh realism of zombie uh more of the like flashy fun is like the resident evil franchise of zombies oh yeah it's just like so stylish in the way that those games are played i think well and i think resident evil is, is one like of the, the first kind of things well isn't um, resident evil one of the very first kind of pop culture -y things that made zombies a product of science gone wrong. Oh, absolutely. And I think it also Yeah, and really I think that that's really where like the popularity of the 90s. If it wasn't for, for Resident Evil, we wouldn't have 28 days later. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And um yeah, it's also I mean, I I don't think it was super successful cuz they canceled it after one season, but there is a a season on Netflix now of a Resident Evil TV show. Mm -hmm. Um so it's Yeah, but there's franchise. like half a dozen games half a dozen movies they yeah they made one series of it there's a whole bunch of spin-offy stuff yeah it was mm -hmm. it's huge it's a huge franchise massive and i think it's just a little bit more playful than uh difficult i mean who doesn't anymore. like watching mila jovovich kill a bunch of rampaging zombies yeah I mean, that's my idea of a good time uh all right Madrin, last call for pop culture anything that you want to toss in there put in the zombie suit no i think we have really exhausted a lot, a lot of things. Yeah. Awesome. Um, we are going to take a quick break, but when we return, uh, we are very fortunate to be joined by Igor the Wasted. Now, I'm not sure if he's wasted or his body is wasted uh, or... Or maybe you know, he just has wasted potential. Yeah, maybe he's wasted potential. Time will tell uh, when we return after the break.
Welcome back to Monstrology. Uh, it's Will here, joined by, of course, Madrin and the person that you've been waiting for, Igor the Wasted. Igor, uh, how are you doing today? Uh, hello. Uh, I'm uh, I'm doing well. How are you? You're doing well. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, I'm glad that you're having a nice, pleasant day. Well, thank you for making time for me to talk to you today. It's nice. Oh, yeah. Well, it's it's uh, the pleasure is ours, truly. Um, what puts you in such a good mood? I, I, I will say I haven't known um, a ton of um, a chipper or enthusiastic zombies in, in my life. So, Oh, well, uh, I've been... Uh changing i'm making some changings in my life so i thought uh is good to be talking to uh humans uh getting to know them uh, figuring out how their mind works in this sort of uh, thing oh yeah you want to know how the brain works instead of just um inspecting it uh, physically yes exactly yes yes um i guess let's just get let's just ask that question do, do you human brains i was just like it's in my brain i might as well just put it out there do do we eat human yeah do brains? you do you specifically eat human brains oh if i can get my hands on it first of course yes yeah. i will eat it uh, it is very tender uh, tasty oh. piece of hmm. meat would you eat uh other animals brains like uh monkey brains i think what is that? They do that in Indiana Jones movie, I think, at some point. Uh, I think I monkey or yeah, monkey's brain soup is a plot point in Clue. Yeah. I think. Yeah, that too. I uh, do not know this Clue, but uh... oh, it's a great movie. Actually, we I watched it recently. Do you watch oh. movies? Perhaps uh, I I have seen um, kind of moving picture shows um, usually because of concerts that I have been at. Oh. Oh, um, concerts! What kind of concerts? Oh well, uh, I uh, I spent some time at uh, the uh, uh, the dance party area known as Ibiza. Oh, uh, so they oh, have lots of nice. light uh, shows and and kind of visual shows that go along with the loud music. Oh, so you're into kind of like electronica? Oh, like I'm dance, not into it. No, hall. no, you, I just. But you've been there. I just find uh, it was a convenient place to uh, get a snack, busy uh, area. Mm. Mass um, gatherings. My friends and I could, yeah, take away people. Yes. Yeah. So, sorry, I know we kind of interrupted you about the brain eating thing. And so it, I guess this is a two-parter question. One, would you eat the brains of another animal? And two, do you eat other parts of a human? Because sometimes we see... Uh, pop culture depictions of zombies where, you know, they're eating intestines, hearts, organs, things like that, not just the brain. Okay, so first part, uh, prefer, I prefer um, humans. Most most of uh, my kind prefer to eat the humans, but we will, uh, if we have to um, eat other things, but it is not uh, the goal, not uh, what we crave, you know? Mm. Um, in terms of uh, what we eat in the humans, uh, it's kind of like if you can get first dibs on the brain, uh, you go for it. But uh, yeah, you take what you can get. It's mm. like a bowl of chips. Everyone grabs some. Yeah. 
Yeah, kind of like a party. Yeah, mix. like I mean, if offered, you want to eat the steak, but you'll take hamburger if it's there. Absolutely, absolutely. Fair. You um, Fair. you are remarkably well spoken for a zombie, oh, if you. I may say that. Thank um, you. you seem to uh, be fairly coherent. Uh, I haven't heard you groan, in fact, once uh, so far since we've oh. been speaking. Oh, now I think you're think groaning. Oh yeah, yes, yes. That's a bit. Well, that's a bit. Think growing. Where, where in the world do you come from? You also seem to have a bit of a um, uh, mid-European voice. Oh, I um, I don't uh, really know where this uh, this voice comes from. I don't uh, remember human life so much. Um, so uh, I have just been taking classes. Uh, over COVID times, I uh, decided to make changes in my life, okay. and so I take classes. And the uh, the ones I found most accessible were it, uh, now. Do you take those classes in person, or do you use them online? Like, a, do you have oh, a Duolingo? Like, do you have an app where you've been learning uh, language? Online for sure. Online, online for, for sure. sure. Oh. Yes. Yeah. That's nice that you seem to be very like you know always learning something new, improving yourself. Yes. That's, yes. That's commendable. Thank you. I uh, similar to I think what many people's story is over uh, the past couple of years. Uh, I was tired and uh, upset with how things were had been, and mm -hmm. so uh, I decided to move out from my roommates. Not very good relationship, uh, and uh, I decided to make my life better. So I I learn your language uh, to to start some of this process. I yes? assume that must make hunting easier if you can speak the language too. Do you have uh, some sort of trickery you've used with with the human language in that way, or uh, yes, you, yes, you can't just I... you know if you scream at them and just drag them away. But now you can probably just like ask them to join you somewhere and then eat them. Uh, yeah, I mean. No, there are lots of smart humans there. They're a bit weary of people asking, strangers asking, but uh, certainly much easier to uh, to ask for help or assistance with something, and you get them to uh, you know come into your dark corner, or mm -hmm. such. Yes. Well, you are missing a couple um, chunks. I would just describe them as um, from okay. your body. That maybe that would be a bit. Uh... Let's just say off-putting for someone. Do you mind just for the listeners at home, uh, just identifying uh, if you're comfortable, uh, which chunks it is that you are missing? And oh, um... well, uh, yes, I mean, sure. I mean, most obviously is I wear this eye patch here. See, I oh. will lift it up for you. See oh, there. Yes, yeah, that is no eye There's at all. Uh, nothing. That's just a uh, black void. Yes, and yeah. this was part of my comeuppance, uh, my changing my mind on things. Someone tried to get to my brain, and they just ended up getting so deep for the eyeball. And oh. uh, uh, I decided to have to change tactics a bit for to prolong life. Um, so my eyeball is missing, uh, and uh -huh. then uh, I have lost a part of my arm. Uh, uh -huh. And uh, I don't know if you can see it, but uh, down here, oh yes, yeah, most of most of my left leg is just bound to the bone. Oh yeah, that that is quite a gash. 
Um, yeah, I, I um, does that make it difficult to walk? Uh, we, we've been obviously seated here um, for this uh, this interview process. Do you do you find it difficult to move around? Uh, no, it's okay. Uh, I think uh, there is some um, what you call magic that keeps us uh, going. Oh, uh, yes. okay. Yes. You say, yeah, you're, you're. So you were created in some sort of magical sense. You you weren't bitten. Uh, I uh, I do not recall. I just recall huh. waking up and being quite hungry. Now, do you? So you have no sense of of who you were in a previous life. Hmm. Mm, no. So this uh, not not previous. So this life. this name that you've given yourself, Igor, is a new name. Yes. Uh, well, uh, yes. Igor is the name uh, that I have given myself. I used to just be called the Wasted because of the people I was eating. They have also been consuming some materials. Uh, it, is, it has effect. Back uh, to the Ibiza parties. Yeah, yeah, we have. We've had this issue with um with um some guests before that that the um, people that they consume or things that they consume has really altered their mental state. So I can imagine mm -hmm. that if that's all you're getting, uh, especially those brains are not high functioning anymore. If, uh, if no. they're in that state. No, certainly not. So I quite like this, this name of Igor, because to me, it sounds a lot like eager, which really goes to, to this whole turning your life around, really changing oh. up your approach. I think, I think it's very, You've dubbed yourself a very apt moniker. Igor. Should I yeah. call myself Igor? Igor e e instead? If, yeah. if you want. I mean, you, you seem to not like the wasted. Uh, I was thinking of changing to maybe Igor the Wise. Uh, okay. Well, I like that. Now, would you describe yourself as wise? I'm not saying that you are uh, not. Uh, what are you trying to say to me? Well, I simply, I seems... simply wonder... Do you, how long have you existed for? Uh, I think uh, nearly about uh, about five years now. Yes. Five years. Uh, usually I'd say wise. Uh, I think of for people who have existed for quite some time. Like I would say maybe 50 or more years. Oh. Or um, it, when I imagine uh, some people, let's say wizards, for example, maybe hundreds of years uh, is where, where wisdom might come from. It's not oh. to say that you... You possess, uh, I would say, um, uh, a fairly high level of intellect for a five-year-old, uh, uh, much higher than the average five-year-old, for sure. Well, thank you. Um, I, I think uh, I I was taking maybe wise for uh, perhaps because compared to many of my companions, uh, ah. not so smart. Yeah. Um, Do but, they not uh, know uh, English like you? Uh, no. No, no, not not at all. No, there lots of groaning. That is what I did in my uh, younger days. Uh, not, not. And you're much. saying you lived together? Yes, we had like um, a house. Yes. I would imagine that um, if they're making a lot of noise, you would probably have to uh, talk to the police or explain away the noise complaints if you're the only one who can talk. Uh, well, I did not talk uh, much at that time either. We mm. were a bit, uh, we had houses that we had to move from a bit nomadically because ah. police would come and we would mm. eat them and then, you know, have to find a new house. Mm -hmm. And then people want to look into why the cops are missing. And then, yeah. You, yeah, 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 that's understandable. I guess that's kind of following you around no matter where you go. 
Uh, yeah, but uh, now you just uh, you just come up with techniques. Uh, I think uh, I've listened to a few of your podcasts now. Other uh, people have techniques for how they continue uh, mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. their. Uh, what is your go-to technique for uh, getting through um, unbothered in society? Um. Oof. Uh, now I am just uh, what you. Uh, I believe call fishing. Oh, uh, I do a uh-huh. lot of fishing online, uh, where I get the young people to follow me and then start messaging, and then I I I, I start a meetup sort of situation. Yes, uh, on uh, like Tinder or uh, or Hinge or Plenty oh. of Fish. No, those ones are very intricate and you have to pay for sections to get real good access. Uh, I don't have much money at this point, so I'm using a lot of free apps, a lot of Instagram. Oh. Yes, I learned. So, Will, you know how we were previously talking that we are coming up on almost a year of doing this podcast? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. Oh, thank thank you you very much. Thank you. you. But in my almost a year now of interviewing monsters... This is still how naive I am. Igor, when you said that you were getting into fishing, I thought you meant like with a rod and a reel and that you were pulling pike out of the lake. I did not uh, realize that you meant like uh, catfishing that online. That wouldn't, that wouldn't help uh, with self-preservation, <laughs> although it might help you get meat. But I imagine that fish I know, is but this is how innocent and naive I still am. This is, yeah, see, imagine, this is why I was we, saying that I, I would just die in the zombie apocalypse. That's true. I've, I've really tried to expose you to this world, um, you know, that that I have long been a part of. But it seems that, uh, yeah, you still bring a, a, a human bring naivete. A... I'm sorry. I... Yes. Sometimes uh, words uh, that are the same, you know, in English, they have two words, uh, same sound, different. Oh, no, no. This is entirely my naivete. This is not at all. You were using the word correctly. Oh, okay. This is just me being really sweet and innocent and not at all worldly. I I just, I don't want to let this go entirely. When you are fishing for the public, Yes. What uh, type of photos uh, do you use, and um, what is the bio that you have currently on your um, on your application there? Oh, um, so uh, I usually just steal pictures of famous people okay. to create uh, um, a, a different, or not famous. They have to be medium famous, like okay, they have like... lots of other followers. I but see. But also like not like your movies that you talk about, not these famous Ah, you've you um, got like a bot account. But yes, you want somebody with like a, I think. Uh, some followers, you know, like a like a healthy amount of followers and you just pretend to be that person? I pretend to be that person sometimes uh, because I was learning pretty quick uh, uh, the English uh, that I tried uh, uh, um, some, uh, there was a bunch of different financial things you humans were into in the past couple of years. So, oh, yeah. Uh, like NFTs, I, I advertise. Oh, and like Bitcoin. Yes, uh-huh. yes. yes. Uh, so I, I I learned basic level because I don't quite understand them. Uh-huh. Nobody um, does. It's fine. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, th- but that is it. I pretend to be uh, experienced and uh, I offer my assistance oh. to people. Okay. Yes. That's good. 
But, so uh, when then I, just, but then I just, I, but I just lure them in to eat them. You pass yourself off as a financial planner and lure people in under the guise of helping them make more money, and instead you eat their brains. Yes, sometimes. Yes. See, this is why I, yeah, I don't. That's why I never trust any of those like Bay Street dude bros. Mm-hmm. They're probably well, zombies. They could be zombies, and in, in yeah. some ways, they are already. Sometimes, yep. yes. Word. How Word. many? Well, you're saying you know some zombies and. In Bay Street, uh, me? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I don't. I don't go into big city. It's not good. Uh, there is only so much makeup you can put on to yes. hide. Mm. Uh, yeah. Well, I see that you've got some on your cheeks there. That's doing the heavy lifting, but um, can't do much about that leg or that eye. Yes. Um, yes. And uh, no, I just, the eye patch. It is. Uh, it's new. Uh, because I want to be a bit more palatable to it's look It's pretty at. cool. It's a cool look, you know? It's it's uh, pretty hardcore. It's, Do you think uh, if I created my own uh, social media with pictures of me, people would, like, actually be interested in following? Uh, I think the uh, people could follow you, but I think... You the, know what? I think the there's danger, an audience for everything. I think um, the danger is people might then actually physically follow you. You know, oh. they would follow you online and mm. probably find a lot of what you do interesting as is uh, we are very fascinated by your day to day. A lot of our listeners are. Um, but the nice thing about our uh, podcast format is I don't specifically know where you are. The only person that knows uh, where you are right now is Jared, um, who I sent mm. out our to intern, find yes. you and, and set up your stuff. Uh, so right Thank now, you. Jared... Thank you for the gift. It was very tasty. Yeah. Oh, yep. Well, well, that answers the next question. Yeah, I guess um, I'll add Jared to the list. Um, you have a list? Yeah, I have a list of people whose uh, parents I have to call at the end of the week. We um, we tend to go through interns kind of like toilet paper, really. Like yeah. there's a new one every time. Now, t- that being said, it's not it's not my intention to do that. You know, it's it's just um, circumstantial. You know, I think by occur. what did you say this was episode 22 by 22 episodes? I think the interns know what they're getting into. Yeah. yeah. I mean, usually they're, 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 they're avid listeners who who really want to be on the um, the front lines of this uh, investigative uh, journey. And um uh, they know what's at stake because I I do send them a pretty lengthy document. Mm. That being said, I think people do skim over some documents these days. I know I, I skim over a lot of terms and agreements, but it, it is there, you know, in the fine print. I I make it pretty clear. You know what makes me feel a little bad about harvesting humans is uh, that I don't use all of them, you know? Mm. Uh, zombies, we don't like uh, the meat uh, once it is past, uh, not even like five minutes past. Uh, oh, wow. Stop. It's got to be fresh, mm. eh? Yes. Yeah, well, and I can imagine you don't do anything with bones either, right? Or do you? No, no, I don't. Uh, yeah, see. No, I don't. You just leave a big kind of pulpy mess. Yeah. Now uh, you can only eat so fast. What's the most amount of a human that you can eat in five minutes? Uh, I. How do I even measure this? Uh, I would say if I have the brain, I will eat the whole brain. Um, uh-huh. and then I will have um a bit of uh, I find the uh, buttock 
a nice uh, tasty uh, piece uh, so I have uh, some of this uh, as well but I cannot even make it to two second uh, buttock oh see I was always of the impression that zombies preferred organs I didn't uh, realize that you were also that you would like muscle because that's what that's what your your buttock or a human's buttocks is is made out of it's just it's muscle mainly right and mm -hmm. but say so I always thought if you know once you would get you know, you'd eat the brain and then maybe you'd move on to liver, spleen, intestine. But the but humans, yeah, that's interesting. The humans yeah. that Igor is eating, though, you don't want that liver, I don't think. That uh, liver is going to be in rough. Yeah, condition. I suppose. Yeah, if you're talking about the kind of people who go to raves in Ibiza, maybe their liver isn't really in such great condition. Yeah, I'm they're good, of... though. They dance. They, if they've been dancing, they they're, dance they're, their butt's going to be in great shape. So uh, yeah. yes, and it keeps my uh, my teeth a bit uh, stronger, but better. Oh, practice. okay, okay. So it just flashes a smile there, Igor. Yeah. So you've only oh. got a few, you've only got a few teeth left. Uh, uh, so you really you got to be careful uh, with those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I have been looking online in the uh, apps for people with um, metal teeth, so oh, I can yeah. I can replace or wooden my... teeth even. Oh, they Who come has in, wooden teeth? They come in wooden I'm teeth? pretty sure uh, some Arab American politicians had uh, wooden teeth. Yeah, like 200 uh, years ago. <laughs> yeah, but uh, look, they probably still exist. I mean, there's it's not that um, Igor couldn't find them or have them created. Uh, maybe you send with your next intern? Uh, well, generally, we only send the intern once. Um, oh. Yes, that's uh, that's generally the way that goes. They they set up the equipment unless we have to, um, you know, get follow up material, um, uh, additional secrets from you uh, for for the public. So, uh, you know, if, if you think that you might have enough information to uh, to justify a second interview, I could maybe uh, send an inter I mean, uh, intern out to you. If perhaps I uh, you you need more funding, uh, I could get uh, some of my. Uh uh soon to be victims to wire you something uh in hopes of me letting them go and then uh, uh, for is... exchange for this money you could send uh next meal well we do have the the coffee platform imagine but i think that is mm -hmm. uh, probably uh traceable back to me and um i think with the type of fishing that igor's doing that could reflect poorly uh, back on me, that and does and to seem... be honest, imagine I'm doing a lot of shady shit just to just to get by with this podcast. You know the the type of relics that I that I now possess and the the connections that I have. Well, and, and... even just our interns keep disappearing, despite the fact that we are they are beholden to an agreement. I mean, yeah. eventually maybe somebody's going to take issue with that. I did have one uh, somebody come by, and um, no, they did not have a search warrant, so I did not let them mm. in. Uh, okay. They were asking some Good questions, idea. Idea. and um, you know, I gave them some some pretty thorough answers. Uh, but uh, let's not uh, push it over the edge here. Um, so, long okay. story short, okay, uh, well, uh, as, as much as I I'd love to accept your um, your victims' money, and believe me, I would love to accept your victims' money. Um, I cannot. Yes. Okay, well, suit yourself. I will. Uh, I have done okay for myself. And, oh yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll look after. What myself, do you? What I do you don't... do with these funds then? Once you get this money, like, do you? Do, I, I mean, do you have to 
well, live somewhere uh, and like pay rent somewhere or I am preparing uh, not with them fun so much uh, not worry about this I am a bit I am able to move around I do not feel temperature uh, so much I'm not uh, worried about the uh, housing or uh, other things like this but I do need to like plug in my phone sometimes to charge um you and, need internet uh, access to yes. be able to catfish yes. these people. Exactly. Have, uh... exactly. Um, I, I am uh, getting myself prepared. I do not think I will be the lord of the zombies when the uh, inevitable zombie apocalypse does happen. But I am hoping for uh, like a advisor, advisor kind of role, you huh. know? Yeah, I was kind now of that wondering I understand what your, your systems. What your kind of dreams might be. That That seems like a you know, you have a lot more communication, certainly, than the average zombie. I I would have thought that communication would be a real uh, sticking point, but but not for mm -hmm. you. Not, and, not um, for me. Yeah, and you have most of your body intact. I mean, so you're not quite as um, physically menacing as some of the zombies who I imagine have uh, much less of a face than you uh, You know, be. I, I'm... Yes, sir, young man, I am starting to take offense. You are saying I am not menacing, I am not wise, and you are pushing your limits here, young oh, man. Well, I, I apologize. I I mean these as as complimentary things. You have a you have a young outlook, and you have a uh, a likable uh, personality. Uh, I guess I guess the question is, do you prefer to be seen as a uh, a thing of fear? Or would you like to not be feared? As I would have thought that you would not want people to fear you, but do you prefer to command fear in those who see you? Uh, I uh, think uh, that brains uh, can be used as a method towards fear, you know? Mm. Um, and it is not all physical presence that makes person fearsome. Mm. Yes? Yeah, that's true. That's true. So... Do you have any fears? Do you have any fears? Well, I do not. Uh, I do not want to die. Uh, oh, but in some ways, haven't you already died? Well, not the way that I look at it. Uh, this is my life. Uh, yeah, I guess the well, the the body that you occupy, part of that person died, but you're a whole new life. Is what you're saying? I suppose uh, they had a life, and then that life is over. Oh. Yeah. I mean that you did say that you didn't remember anything before who, oh, yes. who you are now. I there was something that we that Will and I were talking about earlier is about how zombies potentially communicate with one another. Is do you have a language that you speak amongst you, between you and your fellow zombies or do you have some kind of maybe telepathy or like how because you were saying about you know when the inevitable day when the dead rise and there's a zombie apocalypse and they take over the world you seem to think that there's going to be some kind of hierarchy so it lets me think that there is some sort of zombie society so i just you know how does that work what you know what's your communication method how does that go um yes uh there is communication it is very similar uh to um 
uh, bees, I think. Oh, I heard, uh, yes, hey, uh, we make a rumbling kind huh. of vibration that we can pick up on uh, hmm. that tells us a bit about what is happening in the area. Hmm. Uh, and then, then some moans, of course, like uh, similar to most animals, we understand each other's uh, cries. Like when you get hurt and you, you moan? Hurt, okay. hurt. Like an or... owl. Yes. Or, uh, or excited excite, moan. Yeah, excite, yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I mean, moans are a good uh, form of emoting. Mm. Uh, there's not a lot of nuance in a moan, I would say. Well, until you understand the language. I should, I could put together uh, maybe an app for you to Oh, yeah. Learn. To learn? But I feel like that I would, would love that. I feel like that would give humans upper hand. Oh, uh, like Duolingo for zombies. Have you considered, uh, so you're taking classes. Have you considered offering classes in zombie communications? Uh, well, no, but uh, I was just considering it now. And I do not want uh, humans to think that they can win uh, when we inevitably come for you uh, yeah so, and um, when you say you you mean like the like the greater you or do you mean yes. like me uh no not you but i am thinking of coming for you myself uh, okay yes yeah. yeah fair fair well that's why uh we try not to specify um specifically where we're located um, yes uh, i'm wondering where are you located uh, somewhere, somewhere in, um, we've always said on every episode of the podcast that we're based in, uh, Los Angeles, right? Uh, Angeles. uh, yeah. 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 Okay. City of, uh, City of Angels. Yeah. City of Angels. Okay. Yeah. You can I look at the go. Google, Google City of Angels and, um, look for a Not, big... not the Nicolas Cage movie though. Uh, okay. well, you could, no. you could, look I mean, if you want it, it, it's fine. It's, yeah. Yeah. Worth yeah. it? No, no. Uh, uh, okay. So it wasn't it's his one best. I, you can pass over yeah. this. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I will look for you, uh, when next time I am uh, in the, uh, LA area. Yes. Yes. Good. Good. Let's, uh, let's have you go that way. We could probably use a few less people in the LA area. That would be kind of good overall for Madra and I. So, uh, yeah, LA would be good. So um, when you use the we, you are talking about uh, people in general, or are you talking about the two of you specific? Uh, I trying to we, learn your the we, way. We, I think, in that context, it would be good for us. So I was thinking about Madrin and I. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah, there's too mm -hmm. many celebrities. If there's less celebrities, it's, then it's easier for us to so be many actors in L.A. You know, yeah. if there was, right. if there right. happened, just I'm not saying that i am instigating this but if you know there happened to be a zombie uprising in los angeles i think naturally a lot of um filming you know entertainment would happen in other places in the world that may benefit um other people uh okay. not us of course because we'll be in los nope, angeles we're, um, we're in we'll LA, that's yeah where well, that's where we, we are based uh, and very effective cover very yeah, effective yeah. cover. I was starting to think you might have lied to me, but I will still go to LA to check for you. Yes, uh, in the big yeah. in the big house. Um, yes, at the top of the, uh, we're right underneath the actually the Hollywood sign. Um, okay, mm -hmm. big house yeah. under Hollywood sign. Okay. Yeah, under the um, under the H. H. Yeah. Okay, under yeah. the H. The yeah, H. not to be confused with the uh, Bojack Horseman, who I think is under the the Wu. 
uh, part of the Hollywood side. He lives in Hollywood. Yes. 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 Yeah. Don't go there. Um, okay. I have one last uh, important question for you. We, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, the parts that you were, uh, the chunks uh, that are no longer contained in your body. We've yes. talked a little bit of your communications, but I, what would you say is your strongest sense? Because I, I, I've seen a lot of zombie films. I don't know if they're really a good depiction here, but sometimes they have really great uh, hearing. Sometimes they have really great smell. Sometimes, you know, uh, I mean, sometimes they're really fast. Sometimes they're really slow. I'm just wondering if you could talk about what's your kind of strongest sense that you have have going for you fastness slowness is sense uh well i'm just kind of curious about that uh, i guess as well i don't um, think i don't think we are very fast or slow uh this not this uh i guess hmm. um, for me uh it well my brain is is good hmm. um uh, but uh i have a good ear i would say ah hearing hearing uh, yes. eh? Yes, for me specifically, I think most. Well, I suppose other... vision. You are missing one eye. Yes. So vision probably not. Not the best me. one. Yes. Oh, it's not a. We have each have one sense better than other people. It's not a consistent. Oh. Or, yes. Is that how different types of uh, zombies, I guess, are kind of uh, distinct? Is some have really great hearing, some have really great uh, taste. Is anyone who just really tastes a lot? Uh, I have not uh, found the taste to be oh. a very big uh, in the zombie no. sense. Uh, no, most no. most things just taste the same. Mm, yes, yes. Hmm. Uh, well, uh, with the exception of brain, it is tastier. Mm. Mm. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel like uh, we've learned a lot, uh, both about mm -hmm. you, Igor, and about uh, zombies uh, at large. Yes, you can call me eager the wise i think eager eager, eager the wise yes okay yes. so yeah okay. um you know we started with igor the wasted and now we're leaving here with with eager the wise yes um a work in progress yes a work oh i like it i like it i like this i like, uh, it. I like this new uh look for you you know i Thank think you. it's gonna suit you well and i think it's a good uh that's really gonna set you up for your uh your goal of being a uh advisor you yes. know, uh, in, in the great uh, zombie uh, apocalypse of uh, Los Angeles, of course, which will be the first to go. Um, sure. Now, this is the, the time in the show um, where we do a segment that was originally called Pitches. And then um, by based off Madrin's request, of course, it was called uh, With My Dying Breath. And then we have recently uh, rebranded this to be... Uh, the, the coffee break uh, segment of the show. Um, for those who don't know, uh, Madra and I just uh, kind of create this show, um, but there is an opportunity if you'd like uh, that you can go to uh, coffee.com slash monstrology. That's ko-fi.com slash monstrology. And you can hook us up with basically the equivalent of a coffee by donating uh, increments of five bucks if you like the show. And um, yeah, so now we just have a little chat about things, you know, that we like that are going on have a little break um maybe you could pull up a little little beverage there i'm not sure if you drink mm -hmm. anything other than human blood uh, no um, uh, not really no no do you ever have human blood in a mug our intern did bring a mug uh, an oh. iheart monstrology mug uh, uh i did not notice this so much uh he uh, started working so fast to set up equipment i and see I... And then basically he said, I'm done. And I said, well, I'll get started. Okay. You know. yes. yes, yes, I see. Well, um, uh, you know, um, I was going to put it out there. Uh, imagine, do you have anything that you would like to um, pitch at our little coffee break? 
I do. Yes, actually, I had the pleasure of appearing in uh, a sketch for a new variety show that's been developed for CBC Gems called Lido TV. And actually, we are having our uh, debut episode at the TIFF Festival, which is coming up. So at uh, at TIFF, September 11th is when you're where you can see the very first episode of Lido, Lido TV. It was developed by a woman named Lido Pimienta. Uh, she's very funny, very, you know, singer, writer. So the show is comedy sketches and songs and interviews. And I think it'll be really great. So yeah. I am thrilled to be a small part of it. Yeah. I'm really excited for TIFF. It's happening from uh, September, I think, 8th to 18th in the city of Toronto, which I will be uh, flying to, of course, from uh, Los Angeles. Right. Uh, I often yes. do. Um, just because I like to, um, you know, see, see what's going on in the city of Toronto, which is a mm-hmm. you know pretty cool place. Uh, there's a lot of good films. Uh, anything that you've heard about, uh, Igor? Or well, should I say I, Igor? I uh, thank you. Thank you. I I will uh, be going to check out this Toronto. It sounds uh, like a good place. Uh, so uh, thank you for that recommendation. Well, and, maybe um, just swing by, but really what you're going to want to do is spend all your time in Los Angeles hanging out with us, right? Right. Of course, of course. Uh, yes, I will visit after. Um, but first, uh, I guess uh, I don't watch much movie, but uh, I also hear of movie coming out at uh, this festival you are speaking of, Tiff, uh-huh. uh, called Al. Alice Darling. Okay. Uh, it will also be premiering on September 11th at the TIFF Festival. Uh, go check it out. Uh, Is it the same time? Are they at the same time? Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't It'd be know. Tricky. It's at 9:30. Hmm. Oh, I'm not sure. I just know our release date. I'm not really sure uh-huh. what time. Maybe you could watch them both as a double bill. Yeah, maybe. And is there anybody in that uh, that you're particularly excited to see? Uh, hopefully there is uh, Gordon Harper in this. Uh, I uh, I um, indulged on his brother, uh, and he told me about this. Uh, oh, you this indulged outcome. on uh, on him, or you indulged of him? Um, yes. Uh, both. Okay. Yes. Uh, yes, I devoured this man. Um, so he told me about it before uh, before his life comes. And to I suppose oh, it sounds like he's very proud of his brother. You, That's you, en- nice. you enjoyed uh, his work uh, enough, this this Gordon, to continue to allow him to live. Also, uh, I did not meet uh, this man, but oh. uh, I will. Uh, I will if, try to see. Movie. Well, sometimes they do a little Q and A afterwards, um, mm. so maybe you could find him um, by the stage door. Uh, so I should don't. go to Toronto. Yes. Uh, well, he's mostly based in Los Angeles, like you know, everyone okay. is. Okay. We're all kind of everyone. Um, everyone that I know is based in Los Angeles, so so uh, probably it's better that okay. you that you. You know, if you're going to come in to see the film, you should just basically fly right back. And on a plane is, I think, I imagine, a, a good place for you to. Um... Do you know how to fly a plane? Could you land a plane? Uh, uh, no, I. Okay. I do so not. make sure you don't eat the people flying the plane, but otherwise, uh, okay. I mean, they've got nowhere to go. So. Okay. That's uh, several meals. Um, I would imagine. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for having me. This has yes. been very nice. I. Um... I am going to uh, pitch uh, to the public uh, Neo Citron, uh, which is great uh, <laughs> if you are sick uh, or you're getting over a cold or you're starting a cold or you're in the middle of a cold and um, you need to not feel like that anymore. 
Neo Citroen tastes like lemon and it does the trick. Um, okay. Highly recommend. Okay, well, thank you. This I will take this to heart. Yeah, have you ever had Neo Citroen before? Maybe it'll really. Uh, no. Yeah. If, do Not... you ever get a cold? Can you get sick? Uh, no, well, I have gotten, uh, you know, um, I have ingested like drugs people have had, uh, so okay. I guess it would be somewhat similar, but not sickness. No, yeah, I think I, I have previous, my body had the worst sickness, so. Yes, I guess you've had, you've been physically <laughs> Probably, infected. that's the worst, yes. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm pleased to see that you've recovered in your own way, and that you are thriving, and uh, good luck with your uh, language development, uh, you're doing some some great work there, and uh, I hope that you make it all the way to advisor. And and, and when um, the inevitable zombie uh, apocalypse does occur, uh, remember that um, we have connections all over the world, so we're we're good people to um, leave alive. Uh, mm -hmm. Just oh, just okay. when the time comes. We know many other monsters who might be able to help contribute be of use. to the new zombie society. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Good to know. I will uh, maybe keep you alive. We'll okay, see. okay. But, um, I mean, that's all we can ask. It, it is, is now time uh, for the, the final, really the final minute of the, the program. Uh, is there any closing words that you would like to say to our, our listening public? Some some advice uh, maybe um, that you would like to share? Words of wisdom? If uh, uh, zombies... You know, since you are the wise, some words of wisdom? Um, if any zombies are listening to this, I would like to just say, oh. I'll understand what this means. Oh, well, great. I'll take your word for it. Okay. Well, this Thank has you. been a great episode. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Eager the Wise, uh, Madrin. And uh, for all of you listeners out there, I hope that you encounter as many monsters as you wish. Uh, could be a lot, could be a little. And we'll see you in another two weeks for another episode of Monstrology. Bye. 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 Monstrology is homegrown Canadian content, co-hosted by Will King and Madrin McCabe, edited and produced by Will King, and distributed on the Podbean platform. As a young hatchling podcast, it means a lot to us if you rate, review, and subscribe to Monstrology on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever your monsters are found. Mm -hmm.